following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Back live across Michigan, set to begin our number three on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. 19 stations strong. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. A lot of conversation this afternoon about the Lions. They get the Ravens on Sunday. They're a three-point underdog. I love that. Lions at 5-1 and one in the way they're playing, getting points on the road. We also threw out our MHSAA huge question of the day uh, in regards to any changes you would make if you were connected to a high school, if you were Mark Ewell, the executive director, that you would recommend uh, any changes. Brett, why don't you just move them over to the other microphone, okay? Thank you very much. David Gregory uh, will join us from uh, Bull Rush Sports uh, in studio in a moment. So we'll get uh, David. We're going to talk about the Michigan Uh, NIL proposal in the House and how that could impact uh, high school sports in our state. And David is an NFLPA uh, certified uh, agent. He targets Michigan uh, high school athletes. So I think we do have his uh, headphones set. Uh, I do love live radio at times. Uh, David, how you doing, my man? Great, huge. Good to be here. (laughs) Good to be here. (laughs) I do. I, it's live, I tell people it's live radio, and there's Superfly seeing my faces. I've dealt with it. I got to keep the show moving. It's just it's live radio. Uh, nothing more than that. Hey, I know you have uh, kids that uh, play high school sports. Uh, your son, a teammate of my son with Grand Rapids Force Hills Eastern. Uh, if you were a consultant to the MHSAA, any sport, boys, girls. Across the board, uh, what do you think is needed change, if there's any needed change, or additions, uh, different divisions, the Catholic, Christian versus uh, public, anything that you think is front burner stuff right now? Well, I think the private schools should be dealt with to some extent. And I know in Illinois, and because I've got a good friend whose son's a good player in Illinois, I, I believe if a school wins a division uh, a certain amount of times, over a period of time, they move up a division, regardless of whether public or private, uh, and that's one of the, that's the model. In I Illinois. like that. I, I do like that. So if you dominate and win two state championships in a row, you have to that next year in that sport, or not two state two uh, is it state or just conference? Oh, I believe it's uh, state titles, and I don't know how many right. it is in what period of time. But he he walked me through it and said that's the case. You've got to play up if you're dominating and. That's what happens sometimes with private schools, especially in in lower divisions. They're they're simply much better than their competition. 
Well, and a lot of that is resources, and you can pay coaches better, and there's a, a different mindset, which, again, I'm not going to penalize Christian or Catholic schools or hammer them uh, because there's a lot of great people I know who have gone through those systems and still are there and coaching. But I, I think when you look at the growth of high school sports, and we're going to talk about the NIL bill that's in the Michigan uh, House, and could that become a reality uh, with high school athletes in the state in a moment. Uh, but there are there are a lot of different things that I brought up when I started the show today, and we threw out this question because I, I kind of had a good vibe it would get a lot of feedback. And I know you were coming in and being a lawyer and being a NFLPA certified sports agent with Bull Rush Sports Management, that uh, there, there's a lot of uh, – it's not weighted the right way. In other words – Division one can have a school with 1,200 kids and a school with 3,200. You have 2,000 more athletes to choose from. I believe what they need to do, even if it means you're going to have, instead of a 32-team playoff, you're going to have a, a group of 24 or 16, that you would take the extremely large schools, all would be grouped together uh, in the state of Michigan. Because I'll, I'll say this with Rockford. They 3,000 kids, and the low-end Division One. I'm, I'm going to say, is what, 1,300, 1,400 maybe? Uh, I'm guessing. I don't yeah, have quite the a disparity. Okay, that's double the size. That is not, it's, again, I'm, I look at Rockford. They got Rockford East Middle that's 800 kids in it, whatever. They should have another school for more opportunity for people to play sports, but it's their, it's their township, village, whatever it is, city, and they can do what they want to. But I'm just talking on the high school sports perspective right now when I look at things that, you know, you, you'll get this e- even in our new division for next year. You'll get a school that's hovering around 600 to a school that has 890 or 1,000. So that the number of kids, I believe, so that does it mean more divisions? I like, I've, I've said this to Mark Ewell time and time again, David. I don't care. Like basketball. Go to eight divisions. You want more state champions. You're going to get more attendance. Uh, more districts are going to be celebrated. There's going to be culture building at these schools. I mean, in football, you have eight plus two uh, eight-man divisions. We so have ten right now. Yes. So drop a couple extra. Someone did bring up uh, on the tweet uh, or on a tweet earlier that there should be an open division where schools could choose to go there for two years and that's where NIL and the ability to play more games and travel out of state beyond the border states where it, it, you would keep kids from going to these prep schools and these schools could choose to play in this open division. So there's a lot we're going to get to, and that could be connected to NIL, but then, you know, you're Mark Ewell in the Michigan High School Athletic Association. you got these kids are allowed to get NIL, but these kids aren't. You know, you're a lawyer. That's never going to fly, right? I think you run into some potential antitrust problems if someone ever challenged it, if some can get it and some can't, and they're somewhat similarly situated. All right, so I just saw the story a little over a week ago uh, that this House bill in the state of Michigan about allowing NIL at the high school level where kids would cut deals, a school then would have formed the Michigan High School Athletic Association of the deal, and then the MHSAA still would be able to approve or disapprove. So that's going to be very interesting. You're throwing a lot if this happens. I don't know if the bill will pass, and we'll get to that in a moment. But hypothetically, 
the your Michigan High School Athletic Association, you're going to tell a kid he can't and a family they can't make money? Well, I, my guess is, and I don't know, that they ask for that provision that, in that. that provision because they do support the bill. So if they really didn't want that authority, they would probably oppose the bill. And so that authority could be that uh, good luck getting something approved. Well, well, my guess is maybe, but my guess is, is maybe their constituent schools, they didn't want the authority and they want the MHSAA to be the bad guy standing behind them. And it would create for a more uniform statewide standard if there was only one body doing it, interpreting the law. So they're really empowering the MHSAA to decide whether that NIL deal is legit and if it's of market value, right? Because this is the one thing, what I do find interesting when I was reading through that bill, that there seems to at least an attempt to have some structure on NIL, which right now at the college level, there's zero structure, right? There's a little more than zero, but yes, it's a little more detailed than the the NCAA's guidelines. Right, and and we'll get to the Michigan collective that Duncan Robinson, Hutch, going to be a part of, J.B. Morris. Uh, We'll get to that uh, later inside this hour. But at the high school level, uh, NIL money, how much is out there for kids? I think we don't know, but let me point this out. 31 states right now expressly allow high school NIL. Really? 31 states. It's very clear it can be done. Now, there's a handful where it's very clear it can't be done, and there's some in the mushy middle. But 30, I, I checked right before we came here. 31 states allow it expressly. It's very clear. And it's mostly been done, not by legislation in the state legislature, but by the high school governing, you know, the high school association governing body, the state's equivalent of the MHSAA. And here it looks like the legislature is forcing the hand of our governing body. So what they're trying to do at these other states is get out in front of it before the government tells you what you need to do, right? Generally speaking, or they felt that they just had that authority from their the legislative charter and they did it. So are there any numbers on like how much NIO money is given? Our states are doing their own rules. Uh, what, what have you discovered in uh, just looking at those 31 states. Well, there aren't really any reliable numbers right now that I would feel comfortable right. quoting uh, because, again, the, the standards are all over the map, uh, the disclosure, uh, a lot of it's just rumor. Uh, I, I think it'll be a year or two before we really have any solid reporting and, 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 and even a feel for what kind of numbers are available. But clearly for five-star basketball and football recruits like Dante Moore, who went to UCLA as a starting quarterback, was at... Uh, Detroit King. I'm sure he could have made 100000 or more in NIL at the high school level. And what would that be? Because uh, Bryce Underwood would be another kid, right, at Belleville currently, yes. right, who's being recruited by every school in the country, correct? And Dante Moore looks awesome right now uh, for UCLA, and he'll be, be able to come home and play uh, with UCLA, USC, or UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington joining the Big Ten. What, what is the market? Uh, it, because I'm trying to look at the high school athlete, uh, and you're not on TV all the time. I know there's social network, and how many followers do you have, and how big is your high school? And and you're a lawyer, and also a sports agent, and certified NFLPA with Bull Rush Sports Management. You're based in West Michigan. What is the market for a high school athlete when it comes to NIL money? Well, I think it's certainly not where you're going to see at the college level. Uh, but I also think for the elite athlete, it's significant. 
Uh, but what about for everybody else? It's probably limited unless, unless they're very adept at social media and have a huge social media following. I think then, uh, you know, maybe it is, maybe an athlete can earn five or 10 or 15 or $20,000 in a year. If they have a, if they're a solid athlete, but they have a really strong social media platform and an elite athlete like a Dante Moore, I think could earn much more, uh, based on their star power. All right. So the question is name, image, and likeness in the O'Bannon brothers case and wanting, you know, through the video games, everything, right. That's how it all started. So name, image, and likeness means they use your name, image, or likeness in marketing or branding a product, correct? Correct. Really, name, image, and likeness is just a fancy name for something that exists in all 50 states called the right of publicity. And quite frankly, everybody in America has the right of publicity, the ability to commercialize their name or their image, except for athletes, <laughs> you know, except for high school and college athletes until now. So with the right of publicity, with name, image, and likeness, because this is where I have an issue with college. College, it's become pay to play. Okay, it's become pay to play. Yeah, I'm nodding my head. Yes, it's it's really disguised compensation in many cases. So in high school, how do you get past that disguised compensation and make this truly name, image, and likeness? Will that be on the MHSAA, how they define it? Well, the bill as currently written bans essentially bans collectives. And I think collectives are the vehicle where you have this, basically, you're getting NIL, it's supposed to be for some services you're performing, performing but it's really a form of salary. Uh, so the idea in this bill appears to be if we ban collectives at the high school level, we will prevent a lot of that. Maybe not all of it. And I'm sure they're aware they won't prevent all of it. So collectives would be, and we'll talk about the University of Michigan collective they just introduced today. I saw uh, the press release. So collectives would be, that'd be a group of, you know, really just booster clubs who sure. put together money and they want to draw Dante Moore to come play at their school. Right. Yeah. But you don't have the open transfer policies that you have here. The kid is where he's at unless he chooses to sit out a year. Correct? Well, correct. And I don't know all the nuances of MHSAA's transfer rules. You and I have talked about those. But, you know, kids can transfer. So they're going to now examine, is the transfer legit? Uh, is the NIL deal legit? Was the NIL deal married to the you know transfer, the right? transfer? And I think the MHSAA wants that ability to police that. And that's why they wanted it in that bill. So what, what else is in beyond banning collectives? What are some other highlights? And when when could this bill be signed into law? Well, it's uh, it passed the House committee on a nine to two vote. That's pretty strong. It's on the House floor. It could probably be voted on as early as this week. It would go over to the Senate. I think it's potentially something that, that could be done this year uh, and then in place by January 1. I don't have a temperature on, on whether the Senate wants to take it up or not. Uh, but both chambers are controlled by the Democrats and the governor. And they're all the same party. Uh, and it looks like there's some pretty strong bipartisan support for this at the committee level. So uh, what else? No collectives. Uh, the MHSAA having the right to approve or disapprove. What are some of the other highlights of this high school NIL bill in Michigan? Well, the, uh, the NIL deal cannot be tied to athletic performance. That's number one. Uh, you have to have a parent or guardian sign if you're under 18. Uh, sign on to the deal, which seems pretty common sense. And it can't be an apparel or other deal that, that requires the athlete to wear something during an official team activity. 
So that yeah, that was going to be my next question yeah. because I'm thinking, okay, the the gear apparel companies are going to come in after these big high school athletes and say, wear Nike, wear Under Armour, wear Adidas, whatever, and they can't they can't do that. That's what you're saying, right? That's the bill tries to to prohibit that. You know, if it were shoes, you know, I don't I don't know if they're. It, that's why the MHSAA I think could review it. Oh, this is a deal to wear a shoe during an official team activity that is not allowed under state law. So from a a perspective as an agent, uh, NFL PA certified agent and David Gregory joining us in studio from Bull Rush Sports Management. He targets uh, Michigan athletes well-versed in NIL. What's going to be, if this is signed into law, let's say by the end of the year, what, what will NIL look like at Michigan high schools? What will be the attraction of a business without just trying to give money to say, uh, hey, they're my guys or my girls, right? Well, I think it might be similar to the market you see for, you know, social media influencers that are often teenagers, quite frankly. Uh, If they have a decent social media following, even if it isn't huge, um, pardon the pun, but here's what happens. Athlete influencers have an engagement rate that's often three, four, or five times higher than the engagement rate for other types of influencers. This means there's more intense, even though they don't have a huge following in terms of numbers, they have a very intense following. So a lot of hyper-local deals, car dealers, restaurants, uh, you know, all the people that advertise at your high school football game at Forest Hills Eastern, uh, they may want to also support athletes. So a local car dealer who wants that athlete driving the newest, latest and greatest, uh, you know, Jeep, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a Ziegler, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram and Granville could cut deals or the Ziegler auto group with athletes. Yeah. And I think you'll see that happen. Uh, I I don't think it'll be on the scope and scale of, uh, you know, Michigan or Michigan State you know, football and basketball players, but I think it'll be significant for a high schooler and their family, number one. And um, look look at how much interest there is in high school sports. Look at the ratings uh, that all the, you know, all the local channels get for their Friday score shows. I mean, I sit down and watch them, and there's tremendous advertising and, and, and interest in high school sports. So uh, what, what type of money? What, what's, the, what's the money level? As if this is rolled out after the first of the year, hypothetically speaking, if it's rolled out, what what type of money are you talking for these high school athletes with state of Michigan NIL deals? Well, again, I, I think if a high school athlete has a significant social media following and they're very active on it, I think they could get brand deals totaling five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in a year. Uh, if you're a really elite athlete, a really like so you would say the, the elite athlete would be what we mentioned, Bryce Underwood of Belleville or Dante Moore. Yes, last year at Detroit King. I think they could get more like fifty or approaching a hundred thousand. So in who's, some who, cases, who's spending that money? What what type of advertiser or business is spending that big money for the premier athlete? And what type of advertiser or business is spending that lower level money at the high school level? Well, okay. Probably car dealers come to mind for the low level. Yeah, no high level. High level. Uh, restaurant restaurants Chains. potentially chain restaurants, um, maybe insurance companies. Because you know you don't. It's not just the kids that follow them; it's the families that support them. And I think what you have to look for is the boosters of schools 
who own companies giving kids deals to try to get them to go. And that goes to the approve or disapprove in that wording in that Michigan House bill for high school NIL that MHSA will have the right to approve or disapprove. Yeah, it it talks about performance. I'd have to look at it again. I don't know if it talks about inducement to attend a college. Uh, It probably should. Uh, But even if it doesn't say that, that I I think they'll be on the lookout for that. Well, you got to think a local restaurant chain or just a local hangout could say, hey, after the game, uh, Mr. Five Star is going to be enjoying dinner after the game here, right? Yeah. And they're paying him all or her. He'll be there. Or her. There could be some stud, you know, female athlete as well, right? Yeah, meet and greet, community service projects, autographs, social media posts. bucks a month and the the free food to eat there. Yeah. And, And the family, right? Yeah, I mean, any kind of brand deal that a high school kid could get just because they have a good social media Is there account. a market out there for it right now for Michigan high school athletes, do you think? Yes, I do. I don't think it's anywhere near approaching you know what we see for college athletes, but I think it's more significant than people realize. And it's my background having a daughter who was a social media influencer, still is, while she was in high school getting brand deals that tells me, yes, there's a market here. And your daughter was... Uh, uh, very good at what she did at a young age. Well, it still is, but yes. Right, so, right. I mean, I'm not saying she, yeah, she started. She started making money, though, at, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16, getting... Big money? Probably around 17 or 18, it turned into big money. Big money, yeah. And that building, being a social yeah. network influencer. So there's that combination. How, how, much, how much would a five or 10,000 difference uh, dollars in social media make a brand deal for, uh, you know, the average family, the average kid? It's a lot of money, actually. It is. Well, it's, it's okay, go right to the college fund. College fund or pay for their car insurance in a vehicle, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree with you with what, what, what are things that if a family with a teenager, and not everybody's loaded and, and with cash, uh, that what are the things you say that are what I call bridge things that cost some money? Car, because uh, kids' insurance when they start driving is high, right? Health insurance premiums or deductibles or co-pays. Yeah, uh, you know, a sports medicine clinic that, you know, um, hi, I'm Dante Moore, you know, from Detroit King, and I go to Henry Ford Medical or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, lessons, uh, club sports, all those things cost money. I could see kids getting compensated by club sports if they're really outstanding in hopes of attracting other kids to come play. So they play on their high school club team because you can't play a club sport in the same year as a – high school sport in the state of Michigan. So a lot of kids will play club outside of the season, baseball, basketball, soccer. All of a sudden that club is going to tell the best kid in that district uh, who's wearing the gear to school, right? Yeah. Uh, you got to have a power strength shirt on. I can see power strength or MVP, you know, companies here in West Michigan. Locally, uh, athletic companies. Uh, athletic companies. Uh, again, having their best kids promote their brand to get more kids more families to join their family, you know, to join their organization. Have you ever thought about being an NFL PA certified sports agent or uh, opening up a sports management uh, company, Bull Rush Sports? You ever thought about that? Well, I think I... You're a lawyer, too. (laughs) Well, I am. And you've been on the political side of this. So, and Mark Ewell did tell me that there were things that they sat down and worked with the politicians that Mark knew with the other states, like you mentioned, that this is coming, but we want to have rules in place that will help us to not let it be the wild, wild west that it is in the NCAA right now. 
Yeah, it's a pretty detailed bill. I think it's pretty well written, and I guarantee you MHSAA and their lobbying firm had a lot of input on this. Are you saying there's a lobbying and input on politicians? I, really? I've never known that. I've I've learned so much having David Gregory. Well, I don't think studio. it's a dirty word like a lot no, of people do. No, I don't do, think though. it's dirty. Lobbyists are good to get people. Not, I, I'm not saying it's dirty. First Amendment. I'm not saying I'm, I'm right to publicity. Uh, yes. Look at you. I, I didn't know that law existed. I've learned a lot from David in studio. I, I've told everybody I need a lawyer here full time. During the breaks and on air, we need lawyers. We need legal advisors in studio. David is a NFLPA certified uh, sports agent. He's based in West Michigan uh, with Bull Rush Sports. Uh, follow them on Twitter and also uh, the NIL side of this because that could be, you know, here here's an interesting part of this for you of high schoolers and deals that you go cut for these kids. Uh, with these businesses, with everything out there, again, is it because you can't? What, what's the NCAA rule in NIL? An agent can help the NIL thing, but you can't sign with them. There, there's some yeah, gray well, area there, right? In fact, I was just on a call with the NFL PA the other day to, with agents. Uh, a certified agent like me can sign a marketing representation agreement with a college athlete, high school athlete. Well. That's what I'm asking. Like with the Michigan high school athletes, could you broker deals for high school athletes? Yes. It's just it's so long as any kind of marketing agreement you have with an amateur athlete is not contingent upon them signing with you as their agent in a professional league. So in other words, if you got a so if you went out for we'll go back to Dante Moore again when he was at King. Yeah. And Bull Rush Sports and you being a lawyer, NFL PA certified agent. If you help Dante get a deal with uh, Detroit Metro Ford dealers mm-hmm. for the sake of this conversation, it's not contingent that Dante has to sign with you one day when he's done at UCLA, correct? Correct. In a lot of cases, though, if you do a good job, that's going to happen, but you just can't, you cannot condition it on that. You can't say it in a contract, and you really shouldn't have that understanding. But if you do a good job, I'm sure in many cases you will also be their NFL agent. So what, what is the end game when you get a name, image, and likeness deal, NIL? What do you have to do to earn that money? If you're a high school athlete or what should happen, because we don't see it at the NCAA level, it's just pay to play. But at the high school level, it looks like Ewell has worked with uh, the politicians and Lansing to come up with some uh, wording that at least will have some structure to this. Uh, but what do you do to earn your money if you're that athlete? Well, you have to provide, you know, fair market value for the amount of See, that, money that, being that's paid. That's the key. That that's the key here. What who will deem what is fair market value? Well, I think you, you're going to have to look at the four corners of the contract, and it's going to have to spell out a good contract and a and a good agent, a good representative, and a and a good company that wants a, a sponsorship deal. They are going to lay out specifically what's expected of the athlete to do in exchange for the money. And then the and then Mark Hugh, I assume they're going to set up an NIL division. They're going to have to. And hire probably a lawyer or two or... Yeah. Uh, hello. I'm available, but no, yeah, I'm yeah, just but, kidding. Yeah, but they're going to, to evaluate and do the market value. So hey, They're going to have a whole office doing this, I guarantee yeah, you. David, really good stuff here. we got to get to a network break. David Gregory, NFL PA certified sports agent, Bull Rush Sports Management. Follow Bull Rush Sports on Twitter talking about the possibility, likely possibility of NIL money being available uh, for Michigan high school athletes. We'll have one final short segment with him. Also true and blue before the end of the hour. 
Uh, Chief Viverette from North Muskegon, huge Lions fan. We'll talk about serving and protecting and also about the Lions offensive line protecting on Sunday. That's within 30 minutes. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of action and excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com. The second-ranked Michigan Wolverines continued their undefeated run through seven weeks when they dispatched the Indiana Hoosiers on Saturday at the Big House to the tune of 52-7. Now, Michigan did struggle early in the football game, punting on their first two possessions and giving up a touchdown to the Hoosiers at the end of the first quarter. They found themselves down 7-0 after that first frame, but then the Maize and Blue would bounce right back, scoring seven touchdowns and adding a field goal on their next eight consecutive possessions. J.J. McCarthy finished 14 of 17 for 222 and three touchdowns to Roman Wilson, Samaj Morgan, and Colson Loveland. Wilson is tied with the nation's lead with nine receiving touchdowns, while running back Blake Corum leads the country with 12 scores on the ground. Up next for the second-ranked Wolverines, it's the battle for Paul Bunyan, Saturday in East Lansing against Michigan State at 7.30 on NBC. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan Wednesday broadcast of Superfly Hayes has our executive producer, David Gregory, sports agent, Bull Sports, follow them on Twitter. He targets Michigan athletes. He knows the NIL game. Uh, NFL PA, the only is it the only standalone certified NFL agent is in it? Well, I was I'm the according to Inside the League, I was the only rookie independent agent who had a guy drafted last year. That's awesome. And Jake Witt out of uh, the UP, Northern Michigan, uh, uh, with the Indy Colts. Right? Yes, he's on injured reserve right now, but they think very highly of him, and he's getting paid, and he's rehabilitating his hip. You know, we'll keep an eye on him, man. Uh, good stuff in studio today on that NIL bill sitting there uh, in Lansing. We'll see if it becomes a reality. Looks like it's going to get through, but uh, thank you, David. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, wonderful stuff in studio. David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports. Follow them on Twitter. And again, when it comes to NIL, when it comes to targeting uh, Michigan athletes, he has begun that journey as a sports agent, which is just a little over a year in, less than a year in, doing a great job. David Gregory, Bull Rush Sports. Uh, follow them uh, on Twitter. And again, he also is a lawyer uh, by trade. Coming up in our next segment, Chief Ed Viverette from the North Muskegon Police Department uh, will join us another edition of True and Blue, where each and every week with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, we highlight and focus on the brave men and women who serve and protect every day in law enforcement all across Michigan and Chief Ed I met him about eight months ago at their annual convention with the Chiefs in downtown GR and huge Lions fan and agreed with me then that golf will end up being a better quarterback 
in the eyes of the Lions fans when he is done than Matt Stafford ever was. And that was a prophecy from Chief Ed and myself, downtown GR, last February. And now look what we're watching. It's amazing. So Chief Ed coming up in a few moments. Uh, If you missed any of our conversation with David or any of our guests uh, this hour, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and catch up and listen on your schedule. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. No one cares what you've been through. No one cares about your hopes, your dreams, your desire to make a difference in this world. Guess what? That isn't true. Law enforcement cares. That's why people join the force. Maybe they came from a world where those things are true. Maybe they didn't. But here's something they have in common. They do care. Maybe you should consider being around people who truly care about you. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org and start the conversation. Huge here for Michigan's number one med spa, Urban U. They have locations in the Grand Rapids metro area and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And guys, you need to think about what I just did. I got a hydrofacial. So I watched my pores cleansed in less than 30 minutes. And when they showed me the dirt and grime they took off my face, it was shocking. Urban U can help your skin health. Go to theurbanu.com to find out more. That's theurbanu.com. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's pumpkin coin toss. And you can carve out wicked premium play prizes up to three grand. There are drawings every Friday in October from 5 to 11 p.m. And two lucky guests every hour toss to win up to $3,000 premium play. Be there for pumpkin coin toss. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It is time for another True and Blue segment here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Each and every week we get together with the great men and women in law enforcement all across our state on behalf of the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And we do welcome back a good friend, Chief Edward B. Viverette. Now, he's been in law enforcement 34 years, 29 years with the state police, and five years as chief of North Muskegon. Grew up on the west side of the state of Muskegon Heights, kind of went back home and said, you know what? I'm still going to stick around in law enforcement in the last five, like I mentioned, as chief of the North Muskegon Police Department. And he's a huge Lions fan, one of the biggest ones I've ever met. Welcome back, Chief. Thank you for having me. 
All right, let's talk about your commitment uh, to law enforcement. I mentioned 34 years. Why did you get involved? You were in the Detroit area most of your uh, career. Tell me what prompted uh, Ed Viveret to say, I want to serve and protect. You know, when I joined back, let's say, uh, 34 years ago, you know, I wanted to make a difference in the community and um, just basically wanted to get the bad guys out of, off the streets. You know, what I thought was uh, policing 20, uh, 30, 34 years ago. And now is actually serving the community, giving back out, making a difference. And so that's what started me back then. But right now, you know, it's a whole different mindset being the chief. You know, chief, I have to say that you're – your list of things you answer the questions, uh, it's the best that any man or woman, nothing against anybody over the last uh, eight months uh, that where they filled out the questionnaire, a little background, right, that we have beforehand. <laughs> the best one I love is educational background, too long to list. <laughs> I thought you would get a kick out of that. Yeah, I think I, I got to use that if I ever have to go in for a job interview one day. They go, hey, can you tell us about your educational background? Too long the list. Next question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then my other favorite one is, uh, what is something you truly wish everyone knew about law enforcement? We are regular people and we love the Lions. There you go. Go Lions. Oh, you, uh, when I first met you at the convention in downtown Grand Rapids uh, with Tim Wheeler, uh, we started talking about uh, the Lions. We both were big supporters of golf and all the arrows we were taking from yeah. uh, Stafford fans, and we kind of bonded uh, that way. Uh, the Lions have to have you really happy right now, Ed. They really do. They, they are um... – I'm cautiously optimistic because I've been a Lions fan for a long time, and but I am all in 150. And you know, you you look at it just like anything else. You you don't believe it. You kind of pick it apart too too hard. You always say, "Well, next week I can really sit back and relax." I really believe this week. I'm saying it. If they can win this week, and we will win in Baltimore. Hold on. Call me back then. Hold on after we beat Baltimore. I I will be saying Super Bowl. I'm making reservations right now. And I'm telling people who are traveling through North Muskegon, if you're speeding and you you know the Lions stats for Golf, Montgomery, uh, J-Mo, and Amon St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm not saying you're going to get off of a speeding ticket, maybe for going over 10 of the speed limit, but – You'll be in the ballpark right there. <laughs> I would say that's correct. If you can name five Lions players, you have a good start talking to. I can could, I could see Chief Chief Ed, you know, in the old North Muskegon police car pulling people over. You're going 37 and the 25 in downtown Muskegon. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I thought it was 35. No, it's 25. But if you can name five Lions right now, I'm going to give you a warning. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Commitment to law enforcement and commitment to the Lions. Yeah, well, you know what? And it is, uh, we, we all deserve this. It's surreal at times. And I agree with you. Like, there is nothing outside of some injuries, and none look earth shattering, you know, outside of losing uh, CJ and Mosley for the season. But, you know, you try and find a negative right now on the Lions and injuries they can't control. There isn't one with the team. There's not one. There's not one with ownership, the front office, or the team, Chief Ed. I'm telling you. Let me tell you something. It's like uh, staffing a a shift. They have truly next man up mentality. Yes. And 
they have the ability to pick talent. And that's what I've been um, harping on, harping on, harping on. When they go out and pick somebody up or bring somebody up, it's not putting you and I on the line. They're putting D1 big-time talent that's stepping up. And, and you saw that with, uh, with Rodriguez. You saw that with other players that they bring on and bring in. You can see the difference, and it, and it meets the eye test. And, it, and with the DBs that they're bringing in to uh, cover guys now that you have never heard of, and it's always somebody like, number 99? Let me see. That's not even on my play sheet. Where did this guy come from? They consistently have good guys that pick up the uh, the mantle and run on. Even at, like say, barring in, barring some injuries, they should be really good. Chief, they need to play pretty well. Yeah, Chief Edward B. Uh, Viverette, uh, last five years as chief of North Muskegon Police Department, twenty nine years in the state police, thirty four years in law enforcement. Grew up back in the day in Muskegon Heights, and he's been a Lions season ticket holder for twenty five years so he hasn't quite seen it all but he's seen enough right that's right that is truly it it. man Uh, what's something uh that in the five years before i let you go uh with the north muskegon police department where has your department grown under your leadership uh the last five years you, I would say in quality of talent. We always had good guys here, and now we are setting them up for to be better and to be more um, um, receptive to training um, and that kind of um, and leadership. You know, we we have a, in law enforcement. Nobody stays here for fifty years, and people retire. And the key is getting good people to replace good people that left. And we got a couple new um, two young officers who are excited about law enforcement, that are dedicated to law enforcement, and they're making a difference in the community. And they want to be here and want to do a tough job. And like I told you before, you know, this is the time when you want to get in law enforcement. Anybody can do it when um, the ratings are up, they're winning, everybody wants to be part. But when you're not playing well, or we're, you know, when times are tough as they are in, in, in the society, this is a chance to be to make a difference in the communities and come on and into law enforcement. So um, I'm really excited about my two new hires. It's like getting two. Uh, uh, it's like getting two running backs. Like getting two Montgomerys. It's like getting Gibbs and JMO back in the lineup oh. at the North Muskegon Police Station. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? It's yeah. like you got yeah. Gibbs and JMO in the lineup. Yes, yes. That and is it. A, and now, yeah. now I, Tim told me to ask you this, but I don't know. And Tim Wheeler, who works with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police with their media, marketing, and promotions, do you ask prospective recruits if they are Lions fans? <laughs> <laughs> you have to. I have to take a pass on that. Yeah, you, never, you know what? Answer. You can't answer that. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, like uh, this is Channel Eight News breaking news. There's an investigation yeah. on Chief Riverman. He goes. Uh, what guy goes? Yeah, I said I was a Bears fan. I just moved up here. He didn't hire me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I don't want to get you in trouble. I was just yeah. kidding with you because I know you, Chief Ed Man. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll have to get together for a Lions game. Tell your wife and family I said hello and keep up the great work at the North Muskegon. Police Department, okay, my man? I appreciate you, and I appreciate you and Tim for the work that you guys are doing for the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police for the state of Michigan. 
everybody's hiring in the state of Michigan. If you're thinking about getting in law enforcement, if you're thinking about it, just thinking about it, reach out to your local police department, and I guarantee you they can lead you in the right way. And you don't have to be a police officer. You can be an analyst. You can be a dispatcher. We have a whole bunch of administrative jobs and positions that are out there. And once again, I want to thank you, um, big guy, for um, giving me the opportunity to promote law enforcement. Hey, hey, man, it's been an unbelievable partnership with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police and how we've talked to men and women in law enforcement all around the state. And on the serious side, I think we've helped recruitment uh, image yep. and, and bringing stories to life that those men and women who are police officers or a police chief like yourself, uh, they have families, they have friends, they have passion like you do with the Lions. And uh, they'll respect everybody who respects them. It's a two-way street in life. My man, uh, we love you. I'll see you soon, okay? All right, thank you so much. Take care. All right, there he is, Chief Edward B. Viverette from the North Muskegon Police Department. Police a chief there the last five years. 29 years down in the Detroit area with the Michigan State Police. 34 years, his entire adult life dedicated to serving and protecting. Wrapping up another edition of True and Blue, where each and every week with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, we talk to the great men and women in law enforcement who serve and protect. Big. Bad. Huge.